Now, why is beating up on each other so much fun? Or is it? I'm about to zip on over to Fortis MMA here in Dallas, Texas, to meet one of the most badass fighters, Damon the Leech. I have this crazy idea that I am going to get an answer to exactly this question. Oh, I think I had better put on my running shoes, just in case I don't fancy the answer. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! And I am Neville, and I've just been told that running is not going to help. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here I am, and here it is, 301 Texas Street, downtown Dallas, Fortis MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. I've got my karate chops all ready. The leech is somewhere inside there, but before we meet him, let's get a tour of the facility. I am told this is one of the best around. Welcome to Fortis MMA. As you can see, we have the sign right here. And at night, it's backlit, so the green just pops, and that's kind of first thing you see when you walk into the gym. So come on in. Kind of, we kind of have it separated into, into two separate spaces on the on the bottom level, uh, as far as training. And over here is this. It's more of our uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai striking area. The cool thing about it is all these bags, a quick release and movable. So we can just stack the bags all in one area and still keep it open, you know, for the BJJ guys, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, kind of multi, multi-use area. You can have one class going on on that side and you can have another class going on on this side. And then as you can see, we have the, we have the cage, cage wall over here. So, you know, a lot of the guys can get work, you know, along the fence, you know, realistic uh, octagon feel you know, for a lot of the pros and, and guys that, that fight for a living. We got a, a fully functioning kitchen uh, in here, refrigerators, stove, sink, all that. So, you know, this is definitely a, a, a luxury that a lot of gyms don't have. And then we have the men's uh, locker room area, showers and the lockers. And then we also have a dry sauna, great as well. And upstairs we have more of the cardio weights. So over here along the wall we have treadmills, elliptical, Stairmaster bike, you got a lot of your free weights, free motion machine, see the calf, calf machine, med balls right here. And then we got Popeye, it's kind of signature of our, uh, our upstairs area. Women's locker room is upstairs, separate from, from the men's showers, another locker, another set of lockers up here. Now we're going to go outside to uh, one of our two terraces. So right here is just one terrace we have, it's kind of just left open. So then we also have a separate area. As you can see, we have some stairs right here that lead up to another 
another rooftop terrace that we have upstairs. So let's go check that out. All right, guys. So this is the rooftop terrace. Some little special add-on up here. We just kind of want to come up here and just relax after a, a workout. We got a pretty good view of down through the downtown over here. See some of the buildings. It's really, you know, just relaxing up here after workout. Come play, play some chess. <laughs> we got a little putting green over here. There it is. Oh. set up a projector right here and at nighttime you can watch movies so that's pretty much uh you know the, the whole gym Fortis MMA I think it's there's it's a really unique unique spot a unique uh, MMA gym I don't think there's there's many gyms like this out there so it's just going to be special I partnered with uh, Coach Safe who I think is one of the best best coaches in the world you know and I might be a little biased but you know everybody that around him you know seems to think the same thing and he knows what he's doing and and He's what makes this place really special. He had this vision of, of, of building this gym. Yep, it's better than cool. Now it's time to face the music and ask my question. Uh, well, I'm with Damon Jackson, the leech. Leech. You've got an impressive record, I think 14-2-1, is that yeah, accurate? Yeah, All right. Why do you do this? Uh, you know, I started with wrestling in uh, seventh grade. I started wrestling, and there's really, like, not um, past college, you know, you can only go so far with wrestling. You know, you can go compete in the Olympics, but it's actually a different style of um, of wrestling so you wrestle folk style in high school and middle school mm -hmm. and then once you go into college it's folk style and then when you're out of college you wrestle freestyle so all the rules are uh, slightly different and the sport itself is different you know the the way you get points is you know different so uh, going from wrestling that folk style wrestling you have to flip the switch or you have to be wrestling freestyle all the way through high school and college mm -hmm. to really understand that that side of the sport and uh and when you compete at the olympics it's it's either greco or freestyle mm -hmm. and so my entire life i wrestled folk style uh which is you know it's more american most of the time when you go outside the u.s uh it's going to be freestyle or greco mm -hmm. but here in america we have um you know almost every school has wrestling now mm -hmm. so they do the folk style wrestling it's and you're saying folk as folk in, style um, yeah and that's just the name of the um name of the like you know the sport like right. for the collegiate style the folk style it's kind of the same thing where they the rules are um where you know you have to put some on their back to get back points and right. which is the point system and then you you when you pin them it's different than when you pin someone in greco or freestyle all you got to do is just throw them to their back so mm -hmm. it's a little it's a little less safe uh, if you do folk style it's a little bit more safe you don't you know you don't get points for throwing people you get points for putting them on their back mm -hmm. so when you're you know in that position like in middle school you don't want these little kids throwing each other around mm -hmm. and you know making them land on each like a land on their back or land on their head just because the injuries is not the safest sport um when you do folk style or greco or um, freestyle or greco but mm -hmm. folk style is a little bit safer and i feel like uh, in the u.s is really the only place that has folk style mm -hmm. is in the u.s so once you're out of college, you have to, you know, you either had to have already been training freestyle, or you have to start training a new sport, basically, and um, it, it makes it pretty tough to make it to that Olympic level. So, how did you? How was the transition from that 
Um, so yeah, and then so I started wrestling, and you know, like I was saying, there's only you can only go to the Olympics or you can go to college. Mm-hmm. And so I went to college, um, and the whole time I was in college, I had uh, there's a show called The Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. and um, it's a really familiar show. Like it's a global show. Like everyone has watched it at some point. They either have the show um, out of Vegas or they have it in another country, mm-hmm. but they air it through The Ultimate Fighter. Right. And so, mm-hmm. and that's just the brand, the UFC. Um, and they um, the ultimate fighting championship and so they uh, they basically do that branding to where it's like you know like when you're a little kid you see these guys and you think that they're like superheroes if right. in wrestling you know there's only a few options you, you need to go WWE or you go to like which is like the fake pro wrestling mm-hmm. where they you know it's all it's all just for you know just for show or you go to MMA mm-hmm. and so obviously I didn't want to go to WWE I wanted to actually compete that's actually why I love, you know, fighting is I still love to compete and I like the one-on-one stuff, you know, but I got into watching the ultimate fighter like in high school. And from there, I wanted to learn how these guys were submitting each other with jiu-jitsu and they were doing kickboxing, they were doing boxing, they were like mixing everything together. And I kind of saw that wrestling was the best thing to have because you could take someone down or you could stop someone from taking you down. So uh, wrestling kind of helps you out more than any other sport. So I was already wrestling at the time, so I was like, man, I'm going to go all out in MMA. So, and that's kind of why I wanted to go to college even, was just to get better at wrestling so I could, you know, start fighting. And then I started, my amateur fights were all the way through college. Um, every summer I would take, like, two amateur fights while I was still uh, wrestling in college. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's kind of how I got started. But you're in a sport where, um, as you said, to, to be able to win, you, that other player has to submit or yeah. if you lose, you have to submit. Yeah. You're pummeling, kicking, punching each other. Yeah. Why, why is that appealing to you? So the biggest thing that I like out of it, because um, I like the grappling aspect. I like the wrestling, and um, I like doing jiu-jitsu, which is submission wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's a, you, know, you take someone down, you, you know, submit them, you get them in a position where you control the person, mm-hmm. and then you get the submission. And so like, um, you know, going from wrestling is being my favorite thing to do, because mm-hmm. I love that competition where it's like one-on-one, there's no excuses. Like, you can't say that your teammate messed up because, you know, it's all on you. And right. if you didn't work hard enough and you weren't in good enough condition, then that's all on you. And I didn't really like to rely on people um, with team sports. I hated – I love baseball. Like, I love playing baseball. I love to pitch. And I loved – I was a pitcher and I was also a catcher. And I loved it. And then um, I also hated at the same time having to rely on people that – you know, if they weren't putting the same effort in as me, I, you know, I got really angry. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. I want to do something that I have control of 100%, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I loved wrestling. I loved track. I loved cross country yeah. and stuff like that. And I ran all the way through high school into college. And then once I was in college, I couldn't do cross country and wrestle because of the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, what preseason for wrestling was the same time as cross country season. Mm-hmm. So I would wake up at like, five in the morning and I would go run with the cross country team then I would go to eight o'clock lifting for wrestling and then I would go you know two o'clock lifting for wrestling or working out and then you know we'd have six o'clock practice at night so it was too much to where I you know I had to put all my focus in on wrestling and then when wrestling was done I started going into MMA and um, but you know I'd say for the most part I like that one-on-one competition and that's kind of like what I still like about it is that going out there and just beating someone in like uh, in wrestling and jiu-jitsu is more appealing to me mm-hmm. than you know going out there and trying to harm someone but, i mean you t- you're taking that chance of hitting someone and them you know getting knocked out or them going down and you know and i think everybody understands that but i don't feel like you have to be 
uh, angry or looking to hurt someone. Like, you don't have to be out for vengeance. Like, you know, like, I don't, I don't even know half the guys that I compete against. Like, I don't, I don't get to know them before the fight. Mm-hmm. I don't really spend a lot of time um, when the fight's over to get them, get to know them. But like, you know, um, I just kind of see people and, you know, they're there, they're in front of me and I'm looking to win this competition in this way. And I always get a game plan together before the fight and I try to stick together, like stick with the game plan all the way through the fight until I get to finish. And um, pretty much every fight I've had, I've, you know, I've taken someone down and I usually get to finish when once it's on the ground. You know, I don't look to sit there and trade and, and uh, box with anyone and like take a lot of damage or even give a lot of damage. Like if I see someone, if they're hurt, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to take them to the ground and submit them. You know, my, um, two fights ago, I actually hit the guy and I wasn't ready for it t- for him to be hurt. Like I threw a, I threw a hook, which if you you know watch it, uh, boxing or you know you mm-hmm. know boxing, so you know I threw a hook and it connected just real clean and he fell down. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now I'm gonna jump on top of this guy. I'm not gonna like continue to punch him, you know, if I don't have to. So I jumped on top of him, got his back, and then submitted him. And that's kind of like you know I feel like people if you look at it the wrong way, um, if you're outside the sport and you don't know anything about it, you see that like. You see people being super aggressive and like trying to punch people when they're hurt, and yeah. I, you know, I can't stand that. Like, I, I honestly, like, I couldn't. I don't even know if I could do that in a fight. You know, if I see someone's hurt, I'm gonna submit them because that's a, like the safer way to go. Um, is you know, obviously not getting punched in the head is you know, not it's not good. So getting a submission is not the end of the world. So I feel like you know, going for submission is kind of like. Um, it, it, I feel like it's a little more defeating. Like when you when you finish someone with a submission, they have to like tap, and they're aware that they're giving up. Right. It's like an ultimate win for me. Like you know, wrestling, you put someone on their back and you pin them, and the referee has to call the pin. All right. They can't just stop just because you put them on their back. You know, the referee has to stop it. So with MMA, the other person actually asks. They have to acknowledge that you're you're beating them. Like you've you've won. So it's like the ultimate um, competition for me. All right. When we're back, I'm going to ask uh, Damon two questions. One, to explain to us um, uh, a little bit more about submission and also to find out whether you would still be in the sport if the results was the other way around. We'll be right back. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Well, Damon, pinning somebody down to cause them to submit seems sometimes extremely dangerous. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, like with wrestling, you have the referee that's just sitting there waiting for the person to have both shoulder blades on the ground. Like mm-hmm. when once both of their shoulders hit the mat, mm-hmm. then they'll blow the whistle, they'll slap the mat, and then the match is over. Right. Like once you pin someone, the match is over. So with submissions, which is basically that you're you're putting someone in a position where it's either painful or they know that it's like a blood choke or they just can't breathe the same. So when you put someone in that position to where they know that if they continue to stay there, they're either going to pass out or you know something. You know it's not going to be good. And when when you have a submission locked up and you have someone like locked there, and when so whenever they go to tap, it's like you're they're basically saying that they're defeated. Like there there's nothing that they can do to stop what you're doing and then the only way to stop it would be to give up right. and to tap. But is, could, it, could it be that you can 
give a, whatever hold you call it and that person that they pass out so quickly that they yeah. can't talk the, to you the guy the, my last fight um, you know which was uh, you know just a couple weeks ago you know just right. two weeks ago I fought um, yeah my last fight the guy um, he he had kicked me and which was crazy I couldn't believe that was his game plan he came out he threw a kick to my body, which is very easy to catch, mm-hmm. but to hold her leg. So I grabbed his leg, took him down, got to the ground. I passed his guard, which is something that you might have to look that up if you don't know jiu-jitsu. But I was past his guard, got to the side, and I basically had had his head and his arm. And I started squeezing as I was passing. So I had already set the choke in, and he didn't – I guess he wasn't aware. He didn't know how, you know, how tight it was. And so when I jumped to the side to finish the submission – he had already passed out. So he was thinking that he still had a chance to fight through this and he didn't have the time to tap. But I knew as soon as I jumped sides, I could feel his arm kind of give out. Mm -hmm. So I started letting go of it and then the referee came in and realized that he was out and, you know, stopped the fight immediately. As soon as they see that someone's unresponsive, they're going to stop the fight. They're not going to let, you know, that submission because, I mean, it's a blood choke. Like, you're choking someone, you're shutting the Mm -hmm. circulation off, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a very, very, very dangerous sport in in that sense of where if referee's not there, it's, you know, life or death. Mm -hmm. This is why it's a great self-defense is jiu-jitsu. Like, if you have to hold someone down and they're trying to hurt you and you you can apply pressure to one certain spot of their body Mm -hmm. and they can pass out and you can escape, Mm -hmm. then it's great. You know, you can use anything to be good or you can use it for it to be bad you know like you could have someone at the same time training jiu-jitsu and using it for the wrong things mm-hmm. so um you know that you have to respect it it's a it's you know it's but knowing that why did you choose to stay in it what what is it about you the sport or athlete, yes, so i like going back to what i was saying like it's like the ultimate competition for me it's like the ultimate one-on-one like you know who's gonna win no excuses, no nothing. Like all the preparation you had for the fight, you have to do that on your own. You have to mentally be prepared for that. You have to, um, you know, be a decent person while you're in there because there's rules. There is there is a few rules, and um, you know it's one of those things where it's just like the ultimate feeling of just winning something. And I've ran marathons, I've done races, you know, I've I played baseball at really high level, and I've done all these great things, and nothing has given me the same um, feeling of, of like accomplishment as like uh, wrestling and jiu-jitsu and I've kind of converted that into to MMA because if I can if someone knows that I'm a really good wrestler and they know I'm really good at jiu-jitsu but I still get them in a submission or I still take them down I feel like that's like even more of a win to me because they know what I'm gonna they know what I'm good at and they know where I'm where I'm taking the fight and if they can't stop that then I feel like that's just like you know that's like an extra win, you know, and I love that feeling of people knowing what I'm doing and I'm still able to do it, you know, I'm still able to just go in there and do my exact game plan every fight, mm-hmm. which is take people down and submit them. How do you prepare for a big fight? Um, you know, obviously you're training different aspects of the of mixed martial arts, which is like I train boxing at, a, um, at another gym where it's just boxers. They, they work just boxing, they don't, they don't work takedowns, they don't work kicks, they don't work anything but boxing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I also, um, I coach wrestling and I teach wrestling and that helps me kind of stay fresh with wrestling, but mm-hmm. I wrestle two to three days a week, which is what I you know, grew up with, that's mm-hmm. my background. And then I do um, jujitsu uh, almost every day. So I do, I train all aspects of mixed martial arts and then I also do um, conditioning and you know things like that 
you know, during the week. So now, now you keep repeating jujitsu, which yeah. uh, of course we all. Yeah. When I hear the word jujitsu, I think about knives. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's I know, like from abroad. I, I know. So, that's a, so explain, tell us what exactly. So it. how is that different from any? Yeah, other? jujitsu is submission grappling. It's where you're trying to either take the person down and control them, mm-hmm. or if you're on your back, you're trying to submit them. So, so that's, that's pretty much it's what just it's just submission, where you're trying to make someone tap, where you make someone give up by you know saying that you won. Oh, you so know. that's what's called jiu-jitsu. Submission so grappling is jiu-jitsu, rest, like yes, where right, you, you wrestle, you take people down to the ground, and then once you have them to the ground, you control them. Or, mm-hmm. And if you're on your back, you control them off your back with your guard, mm-hmm. or you control them with the submission. Mm-hmm. You know, right. submission okay, so that's why so, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, it's just a grappling, grappling mm-hmm. sport. Now, as you mentioned, you played several kinds of sports, so yeah. sport is sport, and you also mentioned that what you like about um, about wrestling or mixed yeah. martial arts is the fact is that uh, you're your own boss, you yeah. win or lose, yeah. uh, but so is tennis, so is track and field, yeah. so, oh, so, yeah. so, so, sure. so why that? Uh, <laughs> so in, in wrestling, it's where it all comes back to is wrestling, um, I played you know, play little league football, like which is like the American football, where mm-hmm. you throw the ball, like that kind of football, not soccer. And uh, I played football, played uh, soccer, I um, baseball, and that was it when I was a youth. When okay, I was a kid. So, so I didn't are... wrestle, and I and I got all the way up until middle school, and uh, realized that I wasn't fast enough to be on the basketball team. Good. Wasn't good at basketball. Football, I could throw a ball really far, but I wasn't fast enough to get away from people and like run away mm-hmm. and um, you know get the ball off anyway. And so I, I had to stop playing football because it was like the kids were way bigger than me at the time, mm-hmm. and I didn't hit that growth spurt until like my sophomore year of high school. So mm-hmm. it was like that, that that gap where at middle school I was like at a real awkward age where I wasn't big as everyone else and I wasn't as fast as everyone. So wrestling is kind of like your go-to because. It's one of those things where you can um, you can be stronger than someone, and that can help you, or you can be faster, and that can help you. But you know, being stronger than someone can also hurt your technique. Mm-hmm. You don't practice the same technique, and then being faster than someone. If you go against someone stronger than you, then they're gonna you know grab a hold of you. And so you can you can win or lose by your strengths and weaknesses. You know, like if you're slow, it can be really good for your technique, like because you'll work you know a lot of reps over someone that's really fast and really strong they can rely on their speed or you know their strength to win their matches as opposed to their technique so i started off with a really uh really big focus on technique with wrestling and that carried me all the way through high school and i did really well with my technique and then i started becoming an athlete you know towards the end of my high school career and i realized that i really wanted to compete in wrestling in college just because i wanted to you know keep competing and i wanted to eventually fight and uh or fight mixed martial arts and uh so that's kind of where wrestling took me you know it was that competition yeah you know i think that you know all the sports that i've competed at um they all like are similar in a lot of ways for like the preparation you know like your diet's got to be on point you have to be doing your conditioning on your own and with your team and then you also have to be drilling whatever technique it is that you're using for the sport you know if you're drilling how to do layups it's not going to help you in football mm-hmm. or you know if you're drilling how to you know you know play soccer and, and then you come over to the u.s and you play football here it's a it's a different sport so it's right. like every sport's different in a lot of ways but every sport's also similar how you prepare and like uh you know so for me 
my conditioning is I have a weekly routine that I do when I, even when I don't have a fight, I'm training weekly or daily. I'm training my, you know, cardio three days a week and I want to keep it at a certain level. And then I'm training my strength training like two to three days a week. And I'm keeping that at like a, I'm not maxing myself out. I'm not, you know, just beating myself up every day. I'm trying to train, you know, to where I can still, um, you know, compete in practice. And I still want to be able to perform um, at night when I have practice. And uh, I try not to burn myself out in the morning. So I think that all the sports are like that I've played, like with cross country, with, you know, football, with wrestling, baseball, all of it is kind of, they kind of combine in, in the way that you you have a goal and you have to work, you know, you have to work to get to that goal, obviously, but you have to do, you know, 10 steps to get there. And it's like the same, all the steps are like, they have that 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 base of um, where they're all similar. They all have conditioning aspects. They all have strength aspects. They all have techniques that you have to use and you have to kind of combine that. And you need a coach, um, you know, or a mentor, someone that's done it or someone that's, you know, on the same page of like what your goals are telling you if you're doing it right or if you're doing it wrong. Because you can kind of get in that position where you think you're doing something right and you're not at all. You know, you think that you're doing the, the best and the best and it's not, it doesn't look good at all. Whenever you take a step back and have someone, you know, check it out and look at it. And um, I think that's been the biggest thing is having uh, even people older than me like that are that are competing at a higher level that are just like, you know, at this, like when I was in high school, I saw a college wrestler one time and I just sit there and talk to him for like 30 minutes. And it was just the cool thing to think of that someone else is actually doing the same thing I'm doing. Cause you, when you're doing these sports where they're like one-on-one, -on -one, you kind of feel like you're the only person in the whole world that has ever been through this experience. Like you're the only person that like in high school, I wrestled every year. I made it one match away from going to state and so until my senior year and like I so I made it to the very last match and I lost every year all until my senior year and uh, I kind of thought that I was like the only one I'm like you know I'm doing all this work I'm working so hard I'm not getting what this guy's getting he's not putting in half the work I'm doing but it was actually false like the guy was actually working twice as hard as I was you know and he was doing twice as much technique so it was like one of those things where I realized like Obviously, I don't have the answers. I need to, like, go talk to this guy or, you know, go talk to this coach or whatever. So um, once I started realizing that, I kind of saw the similarities with everything I was doing and how I, uh, and now, you know, having that experience of playing all the sports and preparing for all the sports in a different way, um, I can kind of see the similarities and how um, it makes sense for, like, when you go and you're around other athletes, you kind of see what they're doing and you kind of like, oh, I've done that and I do it in this way or I do it this way. So you can kind of pick people's brains and um, see what they're doing right and wrong and you know you can help each other out it goes a long ways I am chatting with Damon Jackson the leech a very successful professional fighter and coach here at Fortis Mix Martial Arts Gym in downtown Dallas Texas it's one of the finest if not the finest gyms of its kind for its diversity, its capabilities, and its clarity of purpose. So if you're looking to learn martial arts or get into conditioning, come down here to Fortis MMA, 301 Texas Street, Dallas, Texas. I am your host, Neville D'Angelo.
Yeah, um, you know, with coaching, it's just like um, I had noticed that all these coaches and then my mentors, like people that were older than me that kind of had had that experience or they played the sport in some way or they did something around it. And uh, I kind of knew that they uh, they had like the simplest answers to whatever questions that I thought were like the end of the world. You know, like I thought this was like, like I can't go any more, like I can't go any farther into the sport unless I know this. And so once I started asking people, you know, above me, um, just to kind of like ask them a question, they would throw something back at me instantly. And I realized that it um, it's just having that extra pair of eyes outside of like what you're doing mm-hmm. really helps you out. It really like um, it gives you the access of like, you know, you're, you're looking in it from someone else's eyes whenever you ask them a question about yourself and you think something and it's not the way you thought it was. Um, you kind of, you know, you have to go that way. You have to listen to them and um you know, allow them to tell you what they're thinking because obviously it's their own thoughts. But, you know, whenever I do that for someone, like I'll have someone, um, you know, learning wrestling for the first time and like they're coming over from jiu-jitsu. So with jiu-jitsu, people try to pull a lot. So they'll try to pull someone on top of them or they'll try to pull their self into a position to control someone. And in wrestling, if you do that, you're going to get put on your back or you're going to lose position. So I'll try to teach people, people wrestling and they think that they have – They've, they've already thought about a million different things they can do, use jiu-jitsu. Or they, you know, I'm trying to think of another way I can use this in any other sport. So if someone doesn't understand wrestling and jiu-jitsu, it's going to kind of be lost. But um, you know, I feel like um, people coming into me with a background and with something already in their head, mm-hmm. they're going to have a lot harder time listening to what I have to say than if you just kind of go into it and you, you know, act like you're a new student, act like you've never done anything like this before. And just allow yourself to like be open and listen to whoever your mentors are or your coaches are, and um, I feel like that goes a long ways. And that's what I look for in students. Like if I if I go up to talk to someone and they're they're very fast or they're very strong and they're very athletic, and I have a lot harder time um, putting my point across or teaching them anything new, um, as opposed to like if I find someone that is struggling or having issues, and I can kind of come in and like say hey this is what you're doing wrong and they can listen to me mm-hmm. that goes a long ways with um just becoming a better athlete becoming just um just better you know all around you know, i feel like if you can learn um every if you can learn something new every day then that would be amazing you know if people picked up a book or if they you know listen to a coach or listen to a podcast or something like that and they can pick up on like one thing out of everything that someone's saying or that, you know, whatever they're struggling with, that they can pick up on one thing that someone's, you know, talking about. I feel like that goes so much farther than just, like, thinking that you know the answer all the time. And that's the biggest thing that I see with athletes is they uh, – and even, like, myself, you, you start thinking, like, oh, I know this is right, so why is it not working? And, you know, I don't understand. Um, you know, you, you just – you have to kind of open yourself up and you have to find um, – find ways to get into people and be like, hey, I'm not trying to, you know, step on anyone's toes, but you're doing this wrong. You know, if you can get people to accept that, then you're doing good as a coach. And if you're an athlete, you need to be open to, you know, your coaches and your mentors and really listen to what they have to say because you might think that you hear what they say, but if you're not immediately putting it into play, then, you know, you'll get lost really easy thinking that you know the answer. Do you have any technique that you personally use when you reach an uh, athlete like that who think they know they want to tell you they come to you yeah. for help, but since they want to tell well, you, what to, yeah, exactly. How do you, how do you, so like, you know, um, I, and I try not to just like I don't want to bully them, but I try to embarrass them. I'm like, okay, well, show me why this is right, you know, and I make them show me why it's right, and then it's like not right, and then mm. so and then when I make them show me, 
and then it's not working for them and i'm like okay well now that you've shown me that what you're doing is not working and i just showed you that it's not working now will you you know listen and just take a step back and listen to what i have to say mm-hmm. if you don't want to use it you know that's fine or mm-hmm. you know if you want to use it in a different way because like that's the thing with wrestling is like everyone has their own technique because you'll have an athlete that's really strong like mm-hmm. i was saying you know if they're really strong that's great they can beat someone really fast but they can also get in trouble when they go against someone really fast because they can move around and they'll never get to use their strength. Right. And if someone's super fast, if they get someone that's really strong, they're going to grab a hold of them and then they're not fast anymore. So mm-hmm. uh, if you can get an athlete that can listen to you and um, just have that awareness that they're not always right, then that goes a long ways. And um, I feel like people definitely get in that position where they just like are kind of stubborn and they don't want to listen because they've um, they put so much work into it and they just can't figure out why it's not working. And it's really hard to like accept that you're not right you know mm-hmm. i think that's just a natural human it's it just like all humans don't want to be wrong like right. everyone wants to be right and they want to like tell you they're right and you know and i and i see a lot of people that are um that way at first they think that um that they're right and i'll just be like all right listen you know if that's not working then this is what you should do mm-hmm. and i kind of i don't ever force anything on anyone whenever i'm teaching them wrestling because everyone has their own style mm-hmm. and so you can't force someone and say that this is going to work for you if you do it this way because it might not. It might not be their thing. They might not be strong enough to pull it off. Or they might not be fast enough to pull it off, and they might have to tweak it and use it in a different way. But so if something is not working for an athlete, I found that um, you know getting an outside perspective is the best thing to do is to have a good coach or have someone that can kind of give you like an overview of you know what's right and wrong. You know, not telling you exactly what to do bit to kind of give you that guidance on like you know where you should go with your what you should drill you know i happen to think you're right on the spot we'll be right back i am neville d'angelo i'm at fortis mma which is opened by nba player deron williams It is indeed a fantastic facility with a meticulously selected group of world champion coaches. They offer quite a lot too. G Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Noji, kickboxing, fitness, wrestling, mixed martial arts, private training for individuals and groups. Safety and comfort are their top priorities. I'm here with one of their finest professionals, Damon the Leech. I invite you as well to check out our Athletes in Profile on ryosports.com. That is R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com, ryosports.com. You will be inspired. You will be motivated. They will influence your life. Athletes. In profile, Riosports.com. Dimon, how can our audience keep up with you? Yeah, and I, so just keeping up with the anything that I'm doing, you can go on all my social media uh, on Twitter and Instagram. It's uh, Damon the Leech. It's all lowercase and all one word. And then uh, on Facebook, it's Damon Jackson MMA. And I try to do a pretty good job about, um, you know, keeping people updated on where my next fights are. Or if I have a competition, like, you know, I've done the marathons a few times. And 
done different races and I try to keep people aware of like what's going on and um, you know I have t-shirts for it for sale on there and you know things small things I send out you know I give people um, I give I do a lot of give outs like I'll give out signed posters or uh, signed gloves from my fight or um, I'll give out you know free boxing gear you know whatever so I give out stuff quite often and um, you know you, you can find all that on my social media and then um, you know, if you guys would just check out the, you know, Fortis MMA, their website. Um, you know, we do a lot of training here. We have a lot of fighters here. And, yeah, if, if anyone is in Dallas area, if you guys want to come by and check it out, you know, we're more than happy to bring people in and, you know, just So what teach. kind of people do you, would normally come to? Um, you know, I have lawyers. I have doctors. I train um, high school students. I train college athletes. Um, you know, I train everyone because... Uh, it brings in so many different aspects. Like I can teach them jiu-jitsu one day, and then the next time they come in, I can teach them kickboxing. And then the next time they come in, I can teach them wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of go off of like what people are wanting to learn and what their goals are. I do self-defense training, and then at our gym, all the all the martial arts that we teach um, are self-defense. You know, like jiu-jitsu can be used in a lot of ways, and um, and it, kickboxing obviously you can use that for self-defense. And so. Um, you know, we don't have like a self-defense like type class, but all the all the techniques that we teach can be used as self-defense. So, um, you know, I, I have a lot of people come to me wanting to like, you know, learn just how to, to defend themselves or how to get out of a bad um, position, you know. So, and I don't know how they use that and I don't know, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different ways it can be used. So, and like I was saying earlier, it can be used for good and bad. So it's just one of those things where, you know, I have people come in for different reasons, but the gym is great. You know, this is an awesome facility. I'm going to train. I do all my conditioning here. I do all my uh, technique and all my practices are out of here. You know, I don't have to go to any other gym. And, um, you know, I can lift weights and do everything here. So it's, it's, a, it's a great place to be as a fighter. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where we have so many different people coming in from different areas. And they just want to learn um, something that they see on TV. They see it on TV and they think, like, they want to learn how how this person's controlling them or how they're winning on the feet, you know, different things. What, what's your age range? What you, what's the um, I would say, well, so we have kids class. I teach a kids jiu-jitsu class, and uh, that's from ages 4 to 12. Mm-hmm. And then so from 13 and up, you have to take the adult classes, which is not, it's not like something that you come in and you don't spar you know, you don't you don't fight someone. You don't do anything like that unless you want to, unless you want to come to the MMA practice. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where we have people from ages like 13 to you know 60s. You know, mm-hmm. you know. So we have people from that's like that wide of range, and they'll be doing the same class mm-hmm. because um, all of our classes are focused on uh, conditioning and technique. So. Um, you won't be sparring. You won't be like you know punching someone in the face. They won't be punching you in the face. And but you can still learn techniques as if like if you had to use it. Mm-hmm. If you were to like learn the technique in class, and then if you had to use it outside of the gym, then you would still feel comfortable because uh, there is some contact with the pads and like the way you hold and mm-hmm. the way you move with someone. Um, so you kind of get that comfortable feeling where if you were in a bad situation that you would feel okay because. A lot of people think that they're uh, that they're actually going to handle a situation uh, a lot differently. Like when whenever someone comes up to you and they want to steal your wallet, you think that you're just going to like punch them in the face <laughs> and then it's all over and you you know you just save the day. But really, the way people handle um, bad situations like that is really usually never good. 
it's usually really bad what they do. Um, you'll see a lot of times, like if you're out in, like, you know, they call it street fights. Like if you're out in a street or if you're out in public and someone comes up to you and they want to fight you for whatever reason, like you, you know, took their parking spot or, you know, whatever. And, you know, they, get, they come up and they get in your face. A lot of people think that they're going to react a certain way. And really, they react in the worst way possible. They start, like, reaching out to grab them or they start, like, trying to um, run the opposite way as opposed to going straight at them. Or they, like, you know, people handle uh, situations very differently. And we, we kind of teach people that it's not the end of the world. If you have to defend yourself, you want to do one, two, three, like, as far as, like, the steps. Like, you want to do this and then do this. And then when they do this, you want to be able to you know, shut down whatever they're doing and, like, you know, do something else. So it's like we teach people um, jiu-jitsu is if you go to the ground, like someone takes you down the ground, you want to be able to get up. Mm-hmm. You don't want to stay on your back, but if you're on your back and you can't get up, you want to be able to defend yourself. You mm-hmm. don't want to be able to, like, let someone do whatever off of your back. And then if you're on the feet and you need to get away, kickboxing is great for that because you can throw a jab and then exit. You don't have to fight them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the smart thing to do. The smart thing to do is to get free you know punch them and get away you know get away from the situation because it's never good uh, when you have to use this outside of uh, competition and um you know a lot of people are really uh they really think they have this false sense that they're they're gonna be like a superhuman and they're (laughs) gonna like really beat someone up and and be safe and it's just not safe you know you you need to know what you're gonna do when you get hit in the face like you were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. you got hit in the nose and you saw stars and you want to be able to. You want to understand that if you get hit in the face, that you can't just cover up. Like that's not safe. If you get hit, you need to like go fight or flight. You need to come back at them, and you need to get free. And that's a safe way to go is to be able to get hit and understand what to do now. You know, like now the fight's already started, even though you didn't want it to start, but it's already in your face. And you know, now, what do you do? And so I feel like people get lost in that that you know that time. So do you find that m- more people come? Because they want self-defense, or because of an exercise, or no, it's a it's a pretty pretty good mix. Like it's uh, a lot of people come for the sport of jiu-jitsu because mm-hmm. you can go compete locally, you can go compete around the world in jiu-jitsu. Like mm-hmm. you can go compete anywhere. If you're good enough, you can compete uh, across the you know across the world. And uh, kickboxing, a lot of people come in here for a cardio, but they're also doing self-defense too because we teach a lot of techniques. So we might have them you know, hit the punching bags for cardio and then come out and work technique with another person. Mm-hmm. So you're able to like get the aspect of like moving around with someone in front of your face or in jiu-jitsu, um, they might start you with someone on your neck, like, you know, trying to attack your neck and then you have to fight out of that position. So you can use that for self-defense or it could be used for um, competing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, what's your address here? Uh, for the gym, yes. it's at 301 Texas Street, and it's in Dallas, Texas. Uh, zip code is uh, 75204. And, and, yeah, they can check us out on social media, too. It's Fortis MMA. And, um, and you can check out my social media, and I'll be happy to, you know, give you more information mm-hmm. or, um, you know, go on any of the fighters around here um, that train in our gym, and you can check out their social medias, too, from, from the Fortis. Okay. Wonderful. Oh yeah, Damon the Leech. Thank you, Damon, for answering my question and for bringing us up to speed on mixed martial arts. You can check him out here in Dallas 
at Fortis MMA. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, invent, and share via any of the social media you love. No matter where you are or who you're with, take time to enjoy your journey. This is your life. Only you can live it.